Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Welcome to Foundational You. I'm Dr. Dean. We're continuing our study on the jewels out of the story of Christmas in this podcast. This is the second. I hope you're able to join us in the first one when we were looking at how much God loves to celebrate and how that God and all the angels of heaven celebrated the birth of Jesus and how that we too, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, should be celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, celebrating Christmas. And I know that there are many that object to that, as we talked about in our first study. But I believe that there are some special jewels that we discover in the Christmas story that confirm to us we indeed should be celebrating Christmas with great joy. And we discovered, first of all, because it celebrates that Messiah has come in to the world, that the promise of God in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, was fulfilled, and now we have hope, and we know that we can be delivered from the power of darkness. We can, we can be in covenant with Almighty God, and that we have eternal life. Almighty God has given to us some wonderful promises. You know, when we, when we look at... Uh, Jesus' birth and the fact that he was born in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, of all places, that little small community just three, three and a half miles south of Jerusalem. Why didn't God have him born in the capital city where the temple was and all of that? Why was he born in this little community south of Jerusalem? And at that, in a very unusual place to be born. But when we look at the fact that Almighty God had him born there, we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions surrounding this. First of all, was the census that was required by the Roman Empire just a coincidence? Or was it a divine plan? carried out to the finest detail. Well, when we look at the Old Testament, we realize that Almighty God was working a detail out. When we look at the book of Ruth, we discover a little bit more about that community of Bethlehem. It was a small community. It was an agrarian community that raised grain, uh, the fields of Boaz were grain fields. And, uh, and it's interesting because even in the name Bethlehem, Beth means house, Lehem means bread. And so Bethlehem literally means the city that is the house of bread. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. Well, go with me to the Gospel of St. John, 
chapter 6, beginning at verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I told you that you've seen me, yet you do not believe. All whom the Father gives me will come to me, and he who comes to me I will never cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who has sent me, that of all whom he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up the last day. This is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The Jews then murmured about him, because he had said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he says, I've come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who has sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. Did you catch? Did you catch? The the crowd wasn't understanding. They didn't get it. They couldn't see it. Wait a minute. He says he's bread come down from heaven. Who does he think he is? We know his mother. We know his dad. And and they, they were confused. Just as many today are confused and don't really know who Jesus Christ is. And yet there are these incredible jewels surrounding the Christmas story that keeps telling us who Jesus Christ is. We learned last study that the angels worship him and celebrating him and declaring who he was. They were celebrating because he was the promised one. He was Messiah that had been promised in Genesis 3.15 and throughout the Old Testament scriptures. And now we're seeing another one, that, that there's this census declared by the Roman Empire that, that required Joseph to go back to the home city of his lineage, Bethlehem, and Mary was expecting Jesus. She was carrying Jesus. It was right at the time that he was to be born because Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus had to be born in the house of bread because he is the bread of life. He is the bread that came down from heaven. Remember now, he didn't have an earthly conception. He had a divine conception. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, when she said, how is this even possible? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. The power of the Most High is going to come upon you and will oversh- the glory of God will overshadow you and there will be conception because it will be a divine conception because he's going to be the bread come down from heaven, the bread of life. Jesus the bread of life, had to be born in the house of bread. Now, in in another study coming up, we're going to see that there's even more to this story 
about Jesus and Boaz and Ruth and this whole story surrounding Bethlehem. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. But there's another, another jewel about the Christmas story that I believe even confirms that Jesus was born December 25th. Now, it's surrounding an event that took place way back in 175 B.C. <clears throat> and uh, what happened in 175 B.C.? A new king had risen to the power in the Seleucid Empire. His name was Antiochus Epiphanes. He marched his army against the Egyptians in an effort to accomplish what his brother could not accomplish. His brother had tried to defeat Egypt so that he could extend the Seleucid Empire even into Egypt, but his brother was defeated. Antiochus Epiphanes marched his army there, but was not able to maintain a tentative victory and was forced to withdraw. He initially gained a bit of victory, but he couldn't hang on to it, and he eventually was forced to retreat. And in his retreat, Antiochus Epiphanes was, in, was enraged. He was, he was absolutely furious over the fact uh, that he had not defeated Egypt, and he was embarrassed, of course, and angry, and in his embarrassment and in his anger, he took out that rage on Jerusalem. The reason he took it out on Jerusalem was because news had come to him as they were retreating, news had come to him that there was a revolt against him in the city of Jerusalem. And so he marched his army from that defeat, marched his army to the city of Jerusalem. And there he defeated the Jewish army and reappointed his chosen high priest and reappointed his chosen high priest. It wasn't a God-chosen high priest. It was one that Antiochus Epiphanes had appointed. He marched his army into the city, and the, uh, uh, he disbanded much of the Jewish worship and Jewish culture. He banned circumcision. He banned the dietary laws. In fact, he banned the worship of the living God, and he commanded that they worship Zeus. And he even set up an image of Zeus in the temple there in Jerusalem. And they offered swine upon the altar, the, the brass altar offered swine in worship of Zeus. And the golden altar and the table of showbread and all of the golden utensils used in the worship of Almighty God were removed. And the holy veil and all of the purple and gold cloth was taken down. So all of that was removed, and the idol of Zeus is there in the temple of Almighty God. One of the priests, his name was Mattathias, and his sons refused to participate in the pagan worship. They continued to honor and worship Almighty God, and thousands joined them. They didn't want to worship Zeus. They wanted to worship the true and the living God. And so uh, Matthias and one of his sons was murdered by Antiochus Epiphanes' soldiers. Judas Maccabeus, 
was appointed general. They and they put he he built an army to come back against the Seleucid army. And uh uh, against all odds, because they were smaller, they weren't a well-trained army. But Judas Maccabeus uh, was uh, was grieving the death of his father and one of his brothers. Then he put together this army, and they attacked the army of the Seleucids. And amazingly, they defeated that that world power, that military power. And they regained control of Jerusalem. They regained control of the Temple Mount. And by this time, the temple was in great disrepair. Weeds were growing up in it. Trees were growing up in it. Uh, it everything about it had been defiled, had been corrupted. But they began the cleansing and the purging of the temple to restore worship to Almighty God. They had, they, they, they had to cleanse it. They had to, to rebuild the, the doors and all of that. They got the temple completely restored and cleansed and purified. And the day came to reinstitute worship. But the problem they had was the holy anointing oil. They had rebuilt the golden altar. They had rebuilt the table of showbread, the menorah. The curtain, all of that was cleansed and purified. However, when the time came to light the menorah, they, there was only one, one flask of the holy oil for the menorah and uh, uh, it, that had been sealed by the priest because the, the, the holy oil for the menorah had to be certified and sealed by the priest. But there was only enough oil for one day. But as they, and they said, let's light it, let's light the menorah. So they put the oil into the, into the golden lampstand and they lit the menorah. But amazingly, that one flask of oil, good for one day, burned all the way through for eight days until more oil could be sanctified by the priests to keep the menorah burning. And so out of that came this festival that is called Hanukkah, the festival of lights, the festival of lights. And, uh, and that the miracle of Almighty God, that that one flask of oil, enough for one day, burned eight days, the miracle of Almighty God. And they celebrated that, and they celebrated to this day the Festival of Lights, the miracle of the burning of the oil. Now, here's the interesting point. The day that menorah was lit and the temple was dedicated to the Lord was on the 25th of Chislev, the Hebrew calendar Chislev. Chislev corresponds with our month of December, the 25th of Chislev. That date was declared to be the annual holiday on the 25th of Chislev, the festival of lights. The Jewish people celebrate the Feast of Dedication or the Feast of Lights 
on the 25th of Chislev that corresponds with our month of December. Now, while the Hebrew calendar varies from year to year with our Julian calendar, there have been multiple times, multiple times over the years that the 25th of Chislev has also fallen on our Julian calendar, the 25th of December. But there's some interesting points here. Alfred Edersheim, the great historian, in his book uh, on the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the life and times of Jesus, the Messiah, in his book, he denotes in one of his footnotes that there's absolutely no reason that we should not accept December 25th as the day that Jesus was born. He says there is no justifiable reason to, to deny that. He said in all of the historical reasons, all of the reasons that are given are not historically tenable. And he even gives some documentation that that is the day that even in some of the Jewish writings is referred to as the day that Jesus was born. Well, we also find most people that say December 25th was, is, a, is a pagan holiday. It's the, it's the solstice celebration. And that's why they chose it. And so it's pagan or that the, that the, the Roman Catholic Church appointed that day. And, and yet what we find when you study historically, it goes way beyond 400 A.D., because there is documentation that as, as, as early as in the 2nd century A.D., 3rd century A.D., that there were those believers, disciples of Jesus in Africa, that celebrated December 25th as the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there, there, there are many historical documentations. What we do know is that the 25th of Cheslev, the Festival of Lights, the Festival of Dedication, that that takes place in December, year after year. Wouldn't it be just like Almighty God? Wouldn't it be just like Almighty God? Here's what I'm referring to. In, again, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, we read that Jesus calls himself the bread of light excuse me, the bread, of, the bread of life. Listen to what he says in John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is not only the bread of life born in the house of bread, wouldn't it be just like Almighty God to have the light of the world born on the very day that the Jewish people are celebrating the festival of light? Celebrating the day that the menorah in the house of God burned miraculously for eight days. And that now Almighty God had sent the light of the world into the world on the 25th of Chislev, the night of the celebration of light. Now, 
We can't say absolutely for certain that Jesus Christ was born on the 25th of Chislev. But there's certainly many things that prophetically would point to that. And as Alfred Edersheim notes, there's no real historical reason not to think that Jesus was born in the month of December on the 25th. Whether it's in the Hebrew calendar, the 25th of Chislev, or in the Julian calendar, the 25th of December, we want to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come. And we celebrate His coming. We celebrate His glory. We celebrate His majesty. Celebrate the birth of Jesus. Come on, celebrate Christmas. Because the light has come. And His light will shine eternally. The bread of life has come. And He will give you eternal life. God bless you. Thank you for studying with me. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com. Thank you.